Greetings and welcome to the Antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host, Von Fuller, and I'm so excited that you're back with me as we progress on this journey together of living our best lives without the cape. The title of this episode is The Struggle is Real, The Super Failings of Parenthood, where we gently touch on guilt associated with not being able to perfectly balance professional and personal responsibilities. There will be a future episode that touches on work-life balance and incorporating the fun in that, but for today, we're focusing on the guilt aspect of not having that perfect work-life balance. This is just one aspect of life that antitheses of superwomen and supermen have to experience and have to cope with not excelling at on a regular basis. Note that my example is of me and my personal failing as a parent, but this guilt isn't reserved for parents. Caretakers of any kind should be able to relate to some extent. All right, let's get into it. Here are three important details I want to share. One, I am not a licensed therapist. I am solely a person who is passionate about encouraging people to live their best lives. Two, I am a Christian. And while I will share personal experiences that will involve my beliefs, I will not force my beliefs on you in this podcast. And three, I identify as a woman, hence the podcast name. And I am surrounded by a lot of women, so a lot of my examples will be of women. However, men, please know that I am fully aware that we have supermen out there as well. And if you're feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders, but feel like you can't express it because you have to maintain that strong and unshakable image, this podcast is for you. Okay, so now that we've expressed who this is for, I'm going to jump right into it. My cousin... Quick background on my cousin. He is a godfather to my children and takes credit for everything that's taken place since I've been married because he hooked my husband and I up on a blind date. Okay, back to the story. My cousin video called me. We barely got past the initial pleasantries before the call ended thanks to my oldest child's statement. My mother doesn't spend time with her children because she's always working. That is quoted verbatim. My oldest just turned five. My cousin responded, well, on that note, I'll let you go as to not take up any more time for you to not spend with your children. And with that, we hung up. I immediately wanted to be defensive. You heard that right. Defend myself to a five-year-old with an I don't work all the time statement. That was the best my brain could muster because honestly, she's right. I do work a lot. Thankfully, I have a job with a flexible schedule so I can work varying hours depending on what life throws at me, whether that be sickness, family emergencies, family death, etc. But that flexibility also means that my child sees me bringing my work laptop with me almost everywhere to include family vacations. Yes, I know it was a mess you're probably imagining and I won't do it again. It also means that sometimes I'm seen working later in the evenings. Okay, a lot of times working late in the evening. And the times when I'm not working at my job job, 
on working on my small businesses. So she sees a lot of work, 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 and not a lot of play. She also doesn't see my schedule with the other adults she's around most of the time. My husband has a type of job that isn't as flexible. And while there are cons to that, the pros are once he's off of work, he's off of work. No taking work home. He's off when the clock strikes 4.30 p.m., whether the project is done or not. My father is retired and my mom is in the insurance industry and she doesn't have a brick and mortar. So as an agent, she makes her own schedule. These are the constant adults she sees. So when it comes to work, I'm the outlier. To be honest, this has been my life since before kids. So in a sense, this is what I know and everyone who's been around me for any amount of time typically knows it too. I'm what some people may see as a workaholic. I don't necessarily claim the title, but I cannot deny that I do spend a lot of time working and always have. It's always been my way of life. What changed with kids was not the hours worked, but the guilt that came from working those hours. It got worse when I took on an on-the-job internship only a few months after my second child was born. This was my first time doing something like this, but I thought it would be a great opportunity to learn, which honestly it was. But can we be really real for a second? Something I didn't think I would learn that I did during this four-month internship is that I needed to slow down before I burnt out and shorten the length of my life due to decisions I was making in my early 30s. It was a tough pill to swallow, but it was a realization and a call to do some serious self-reflection. Don't judge me, y'all. I'm being super transparent and vulnerable here, something I don't typically do. The concept of an on-the-job internship is you pause work on your current job to learn a new position that requires a different set of skills. When the internship is up, you return to your job and resume duties. That doesn't quite work in reality unless your job cannot be done remotely. The internship I was taking was essentially two positions due to being short staff, which for the record, I did not know before I took it. And while I wasn't getting any new projects, I still had to work and maintain the projects I had under my regular position. So essentially I was working two and a half positions as a mom of two, one of those being a newborn. Yes, I'm fully aware it was dumb. I was pulling 80 to 90 hour weeks. Even my supervisor thought I was crazy for doing it. Not to mention the person who was in a position prior to me interning was like the ultimate expert and perfectionist in this role. So there were some big shoes I knew I wasn't going to be able to fill in four months and everyone else knew it too. But that did not stop them from expecting it purely out of habit, I think. So needless to say, I was stressed out. Probably the most stressed out I've ever been in my life. Those four months at times felt like four years, mainly because there was so much work, but also because as a person who likes things to be done as near perfect as possible, not having a clue regarding the knowledge needed to successfully perform this new internship role was stressful. The learning curve was steeper than hills you find in Pittsburgh. And if all that stress wasn't enough, this is when my oldest started to get vocal about how she felt. Just four at the time, I started hearing comments like, Mommy, you're always working. You never have time for me, etc. My child was right. I didn't. 
I was working days, nights, and weekends just trying to stay afloat with the workload I had. And when I finally made it home from the office, I was nursing, pumping, tending to the baby, and nodding on the couch. Full disclosure, sometimes I was doing all three at once. I mean, truly, it was a mess. Don't judge me. I know y'all judging me anyway, but I still love y'all. Okay, side note one. I need to say a random but necessary thank you to my husband and mom for all their support during this time. Just talking about it is making me relive it and bring back a taste of that anxiety. And I can only imagine how tough it was on them as well because they had to step in and help a lot on a personal side of my life. Not to mention, I know they weren't happy with how much I was working and stressing. So a big thank you to them both. Truly, there was no way. No, 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 no way. I could have done it without them. Love y'all. Okay, so back to the struggle. Here's the thing I struggle with. Would I love to be home with my babies, teaching them, playing with them, and organizing my house while they nap? Absolutely. But there's these things called bills that take me away from my daydreams. I feel like by the time we can get to the point financially where I don't have to work as much or work for someone else and can spend more time with my children, they'll be older and have their own lives, essentially not want to hang around mom and dad. So while now is actually the prime time I should be home, pouring into them and spending the bulk of my time with them, simply put, we cannot afford it. Like a lot of people, my husband and I rely on both of our incomes. In doing so, however, we sacrifice time and energy with our children. And that's the guilt I live with every day. Every single day. And then hearing comments that point out what you're missing out on from your child was started when she was four, only successfully works to increase my guilt. As much as I tried, I had to accept that I simply cannot do it all. Some people may be able to work three or more roles simultaneously, but I cannot. I cannot put 100% of me into being a perfect mom, teacher, and employee. At some point, at least one ball is going to drop. Speaking of drop balls, stay with me here. That made me feel like I was juggling balls and dropping most of them. And it makes sense because in my opinion, I'm not built to be a juggler. If you take a look at the art of juggling physical items, it isn't just a talent. It takes skill and consistent practice. It's something you can master if you dedicate time to it. But for most of us, it doesn't come natural. Although we use the example of juggling a lot in comparison to all we're expected to do in our personal and professional lives, the art of juggling life responsibilities has vast differences and takes a lot of different skill sets. The one thing I do believe is similar between juggling physical items and juggling life's responsibilities is that while juggling life may feel impossible to master, and because we're imperfect, we may never master it, with both the skills of practice and patience, you can yield improvement and positive results. Are you seeing a pattern here from previous episodes? <laughs> Anywho, I have recognized and accepted that I cannot do it all. I need to have a balance between the two. And quite honestly, I still have not found that perfect balance that works so that I can feel like the perfect Proverbs 31 woman. 
For those that don't know, this woman I refer to is a woman in the Bible that's found in, you guessed it, the book of Proverbs chapter 31. This woman is a woman of God, wife, mother, employer, and friend. She works in the home and out in the field and essentially does everything right in life. It's become the example of what most Christian women strive to be. Side note two, let's clarify that the Proverbs 31 woman was not a real woman. It was a figment of an overbearing, oops, I mean caring mother's imagination of the type of woman her son, a king, should look for in a wife. It makes you wonder why so many of us stress ourselves out to attain this pinnacle level of wifedom that was made up by someone who may not have been able to fulfill this expectation themselves. It also makes you wonder if he died single. I'm just saying. Okay, enough of that and back to the topic. Y'all not gonna have me being petty. One thing I have figured out in the midst of all of this is to give myself grace. No, I cannot do it all, but beating myself up about it isn't going to magically make me be able to do it all. So I have to learn to give myself grace. And honestly, when I started accepting where I was and giving myself grace, then I was able to think more clearly. I intentionally made some changes. I temporarily pulled back from some extracurricular activities like community organization involvement to be able to shift my focus back to my kids. I implemented a mommy-child date night with my oldest. I started waiting to work from home until after the kids went to sleep, which doesn't always work out, but it does limit the amount of time I'm seeing on a laptop, and I'm learning to try and be present in the moment. If the rest of the family has a dance party break before dinner, instead of looking at them and laughing while on my laptop or on my phone trying to record it, now I'm jumping in on the fun and dancing right along with them. I also realized with my clearer head that my kids stay inside a lot. This didn't strike me as odd because I'm a homebody by nature, but I had to remember that as a kid, I was outside a lot, getting fresh air, being able to run outside, feeling the grass and playing outdoor games can improve anyone's life, but is especially important for children. So now we go outside more consistently for family walks or playing around in the backyard, something seemingly small, but major to my kids. These are little things that I'm hoping will start to make an impact. It takes a lot more good to replace the bad, so I'm looking forward to continuing the small changes I've already made and make some more as they come to my mind so my children can have as full of a life as possible. If you guys have any ideas, please share. I'm open. I know I'm not the only parent who goes through this, though. Mothers and fathers alike feel guilt because they can't pay all the bills, try to build or maintain financial security, while also having the opportunity to spend all day and some of the night with your kids. I say some of the night because let's keep it 100. These kids need to go to bed for their health and for ours. Adults need recoup time. Or maybe it's just me and my husband who need recoup time. But our kids' energy level on a scale of 1 to 10 stays on a 30 and our energy levels on a scale of one through 10 usually peak at about a five and a half. But anywho, back to the topic of guilt. Please know this feeling of guilt isn't restricted to working parents. Stay at home parents have their own set of guilt triggers, some of which include thoughts of pressure to do everything right because they're home or even questioning if they should work outside the home. People who are not parents can also feel the same type of guilt. 
Take, for instance, caretakers, who I promise are angels walking amongst us. Also go through guilt of feeling like they're not doing enough for their loved ones or patients. Teachers go through guilt, wondering if there's some way they can do more, often with less, to help the kids they know, love on most days, and teach to thrive. Pet parents, they go through guilt too, leaving pets at home all day while they work or paying for pet care. And these are just a few examples. So let's be honest, regardless of who you are and your relationship or role in people's lives, guilt does not discriminate. It lays it on real thick to whoever, whenever, however it can. So I say to all of us, extend grace to yourself. We are all doing the best we can with the resources we have. As long as when you do what you can, you're doing it out of love, then you've done your best. And we hope and pray that our best brings love and light to those around us. So before we close this episode, it's time we get into our weekly encouragement challenge, beacon of encouragement and quote of the week segments. Quick check in on last week's challenge. How did everyone do? Did you do a self-assessment to determine how you can relax and rejuvenate? If so, did you actually put it into practice? I hope so. As always, feel free to email me at antithesissw at gmail.com to let me know how you did. That's A-N-T-I-T-H-E-S-I-S-S-W, no spaces, at gmail.com. I want to share how I did with last week's challenge, as I know it's not fair for me to ask you to let me know how you did without me telling you how I did. I actually did pretty well with this challenge. Yay, go me. You know you have to celebrate yourself every once in a while. One thing that always relaxes and rejuvenates me is my closet time. My closet time is where I go into my closet and spend some uninterrupted time with God. I know it may sound weird, but I go into the closet to get away from distractions so that I can really focus and tune in. When I go in the closet, I read the Bible, but mostly I journal and write whatever I feel God has brought to my mind. Sometimes it's a song, sometimes going deeper into a scripture, other times it's an idea, a reminder to do something I forgot, and sometimes, okay, a lot of times, it's what I need to work on to grow and be a better person. And with me, he does not sugarcoat. It's been harder for me to have consistent closet time since having kids, but I did it for this challenge and it was everything. I hope what you did for last week's challenge was everything for you as well. Okay, so with that, let's move into this week's encouragement challenge. This week's encouragement challenge is to encourage someone. If you really want to step it up, try to encourage one person each day for the entire week. You never know how a little encouragement or compliment can truly help someone. We'll circle back and check in on how we did. Today's beacon of encouragement is Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen is an American actress, TV personality, author, and naturally gifted social media influencer. She gets the beacon of encouragement this week because on top of all of those career successes, she's also a wife to John Legend and mother who keeps it 100% real about the ugly truths when it comes to balancing professional and personal lives and aspirations. She's found a way to bridge her personal and professional life flawlessly 
by publicly sharing her flaws and imperfections when it comes to doing it all. She's honest about not being perfect and about the reality that she feels the same struggles that we do. And for that, she more than deserves today's beacon of encouragement. Thanks for being you, Chrissy. And last, but certainly not least, the encouragement quote of the day is, be there for others, but never leave yourself behind. From Dodiski. I love this quote. To me, it plainly states the reason the antithesis of Superwoman podcast exists. Being the antithesis of Superwoman or Superman doesn't mean that you cannot help others. It doesn't mean that someone won't look up to you. It simply means that you don't sacrifice yourself to receive that status. It means that if you want to save someone, you should start with yourself. And it means saying no for the greater good of your sanity, health, and peace is not sacrilegious. And on that note, thanks for joining me in episode three. Woo! Y'all, I'm still honestly in disbelief, but I'm also grateful that you're here with me. As always, know that I do not take it for granted. If you enjoy spending time with me discussing parenting or caretaking fails and the grace we need to get through it all, then join the Encouragement Fam. We're here with open arms. Like, subscribe, and follow on any platform where podcasts are found. Feel free to rate and review. I can't wait to meet you back here next week for episode four. You won't want to miss it. If you have encouragement topics you want me to discuss, a beacon of encouragement you want to nominate, or questions you want answered, feel free to email them to me at antithesissw at gmail.com. Once again, that's A-N-T-I-T-H-E-S-I-S-S-W at gmail.com. No spaces. If you have Instagram, follow me at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman. And check me out on Twitter at antithesis s. Talk to you next week. Bye.